This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It is 5.07. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. It's time for Pope Pope Parliament where we bring you updates from the Day One Rakyat today. So today started off with a discussion on Indonesia's decision to impose a temporary freeze on its workers from entering Malaysia following on an alleged breach of terms in the recently signed MOU. So Indonesia had said that Malaysia's immigration authorities had continued using the made online system that is MOS to facilitate recruitment rather than the one channel system OCS. So for a bit of background on this, under the MOS, Indonesian workers enter the country using a tourist visa before applying for a work permit. And this is a practice that Indonesia uh, wants to end due to the risk of forced labour that Indonesian citizens face. So Sriman MP Anthony Lok wanted to know why the government had failed to adhere to the conditions outlined. Minister of Human Resources, Dr. Sri M. Saravanan, and I'm just going to say that it was a busy day for him today in Parliament. You're going to be hearing from him elsewhere. But So he did explain the temporary freeze on Indonesian workers entering Malaysia, saying it's due to a confusion on the mechanism of recruitment. And uh, this is key. He described it as a postponement rather than a freeze and said that this matter had been discussed during a committee meeting involving both the Human Resources and Home Ministries yesterday. Memorandum Persefahaman Malaysia dan Indonesia mengenai pengambilan dan penempatan perkhidmat domestik Indonesia telah ditandatangani pada 1 April 2022. Memorandum Persefahaman ini telah membuka laluan kepada kemasukan pekerja warga Indonesia untuk sektor-sektor lain yang dibenarkan bagi penggajian pekerja asing termasuk perkhidmat domestik Indonesia. Namun begitu pada 12 Julai kerajaan Indonesia telah mengumumkan penangguhan sementara bukan membekukan penangguhan sementara kemasukan pekerja warga Indonesia ke Malaysia. Penangguhan ini adalah ekoran daripada kekeliruan yang timbul dalam mekanisme pengambilan perkhidmatan domestik Indonesia ke negara kita. He went on to say that the committee had agreed that a discussion should be held between both ministries, the Immigration Department and the Indonesian Ambassador Hermono to resolve this confusion. And there were other conclusions from that meeting as well. The minister said that Malaysia would integrate the MOS and the OCS to help Indonesia monitor the status of its citizens working here. When pressed further about breaching conditions in the MOU, Saravanan denied that there was ever an agreement to completely dissolve our existing MOS system. Sistem yang sedia ada di Indonesia untuk pengambilan pekerja asing. Tetapi ia tidak mensyaratkan kita akan masukkan sistem yang kita ada. Semalam, kita telah adakan perbincangan dengan pihak Indonesia dan bersetujui supaya kita akan integrasikan sistem yang sedia ada dengan KDN dan sistem yang dicadangkan oleh Indonesia. That was Minister of Human Resources, Datuk Sri M. Saravanan. Let us know, what did you make of the situation? What else should the government be doing to address issues of forced labour? You can call 77332900, WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Moving on now to a discussion on our country's finances, Pontian MP Datuk Sri Ahmad Mazlan wanted to know whether Malaysia was in danger of an economic crisis similar to Sri Lanka, uh, which had led to massive protests from its people this month, resulting in the government being 
overthrown. And this is a comparison that the MP is actually not alone in making, mm. right? This is something that's been coming up a lot, something that's also been examined quite a bit on shows across our station. So, Finance Minister Datuk Sri Tengku Zafrul Aziz replied by saying that Malaysia is not headed in that direction. As the country's economy was still stable, he said that the IMF was confident that Malaysia's GDP can grow 5.75% this year. Untuk makluman yang berhormat, IMF pun tidak pernah menyatakan Malaysia mengalami masalah ekonomi yang mengakibatkan negara muflis. Sebaliknya mereka yakin dengan prospek pertumbuhan ekonomi Malaysia. Pada akhir April tahun ini, IMF telah menyuarakan keyakinan bahawa KDNK negara bagi tahun tahun ini akan berkembang pada kadar-kadar 5.75%. Kalau kita bandingkan indikator ekonomi Malaysia dan Sri Lanka adalah jelas bahawa ekonomi kita jauh lebih kukuh berbanding Sri Lanka. Jadi kemungkinan untuk negara berengkap seperti Sri Lanka amat, amat nipis. Ahmad Mazlan also asked whether the debt level of the country was in a manageable state and whether we needed to borrow more to help the people, to which the finance minister explained that even with the projected economic recovery, the country wasn't generating enough additional revenue to justify taking on more debt. Next, we move on to a discussion on our train projects, uh, also featuring Datuk Sri Ahmad Maslan. Uh, so a supplementary question was asked by him uh, on how the government was making sure that projects like ECRL, HSR, Pan Borneo and the MRT were to be completed within the time frame so that issues like traffic congestion can be reduced. Another minister <laughs> took the helm to response. Transport Minister Datuk Sri Dr. Wee Kasyong basically said that railway projects that were supposed to be done by 2024 have now been pushed further. Again, a postponement and not a freeze is the theme of our show today. Um, and this is because of challenges. However, the government was dedicated to making sure these projects were finished in time in order to encourage people to shift towards using public transport. Untuk kes pembangunan rail, saya ingin menyatakan bahawa kerajaan sekarang meneruskan apa juga perancangan yang sedia ada. Walaupun kita terlewat, contohnya, kita sepatutnya siap isyarat pada 2024 tapi disebabkan ada kekangan tertentu maka sekarang kita kena tolak kena memulakan projek itu dengan lebih cepat dan kita ucapkan terima kasih kepada kerajaan negeri Selangor di mana sebelum tu masih ada 18 bulan tidak diberi kebenaran tapi selepas kita berbincang 37 kali dapat persetujuan daripada kerajaan negeri dan kini kesemua negeri kita dalam senada apa sehati sejiwa untuk kita apa menyiapkan projek ni mengikut waktu yang telah dirancangkan walaupun anjak ke belakang sedikit tapi kesannya ialah mereka nak balik ke kota baru kini mungkin 7 8 jam waktu biasa kalau perayaan uh, apa dia ada fitri mungkin 12 jam tetapi apabila kita ada kelajuan 600 kali setahun ya maka ianya dapat disingkatkan kepada 4 jam saja contoh ya jadi begitu juga projek lain yang saya tak nak uraikan satu persatu uh, ETS, uh, Gemas, JB masih berjalan. Jadi kita kena kejar memastikan projek berjalan. MRT 3 dibawa semula kerana kita melihat dari segi apa kos kita gunakan cara yang paling ya yang kerajaan boleh tanggung apa caranya dan kita telah mengambil keputusan untuk buat tender secara terbuka. Ini antara perkara yang terlalu. Mungkin kalau ikut perancangan awal dia perlu diawalkan dulu tetapi oleh kerana ada kekangan seperti yang saya katakan Kita tak boleh ke belakang, kita terus untuk pastikan projek ini berjalan, membantu kita untuk mengalihkan penggunaan mod pengangkutan daripada menggunakan kereta yang ada sekarang kepada pengangkutan awal. 
That was Transport Minister Datuk Sri Dr. Wee Ka Siong. And, you know, this kind of raises the question, right? Because they are, they are hustling to try and finish these projects in time for us to then make that logical shift. And I think when it comes to public transport, this is always a chicken and egg situation. Build it and they will come or respond to the clamour and create transportation in order to facilitate that. Which means, you know, I'm just curious... Are you ready to shift to using public transportation, you know, like trains, for example, to commute rather than driving? And what is your ideal setup? What would it look like in order for you to be able to make that shift easily? Because I know for me, it would be something like covered walkways. Yeah. Um, you know, a 10 minute at most walk from places to places. Being able to do it from your doorstep to the place you want to arrive at without problems. Yes. So that's us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what about you? Uh, what would it take for you to be able to shift easily to using public transport rather than driving. Again, those numbers, you can call 7733-2900, WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. So moving on, Kappa MP Dato Abdullah Sani Abdul Hamid wanted to know why the ministry reportedly approved applications to bring in 200,000 workers from Bangladesh. Dr. Sri M. Saravanan, uh, the Minister of Human Resources, took to the mic again to answer this. And he said that quota approvals aren't based on a foreign worker's citizenship, but are issued based on approved sectors. Sektor pekerjaan yang dibenarkan bagi penggajian pekerja asing. Kelulusan kota tidak berdasarkan kepada kewarganegara pekerja asing. Selepas majikan mendapat kelulusan kota pekerja asing daripada kebijakan semua manusia dan setelah membuat pembayaran levy kepada pekerja asing di Jabatan Imigresi Malaysia, maka majikan boleh menentukan pekerja asing dari negara sumber yang ingin mereka gajikan. Justru maklumat yang mengenai saya meluluskan 200,000 pekerja asing dari Bangladesh adalah merupakan fakta yang tidak benar. So, Beruas MP Datuk Ngeh Kuham then interjected to ask about the online application systems for foreign workers and claimed that they were not functioning. So, he demanded for the minister to clarify this issue. Saranen uh, denied this and asked for the MP to head to Putrajaya himself to examine the system again. Here's a clip of that exchange. Selama ini, saya sudah berkali-kali menyatakan setiap kali kerajaan mengumumkan boleh membuat permohonan melalui online, Online itu not functioning at all. Baru saya dapat lagi uh, aduan nak buat pindaan kepada butir-butir syarikat mesti pergi Putrajaya. Kemudian KDN Immigration kata sistem is not functioning. Ask us to come and apply for amendment after end of August. Apa ini? Negara serah berpuluh-puluh bilion ringgit. Setiap tahun kita... Ke- Abang kata, we suffer so much loss. Ini satu jenayah yang amat terus sekali. Menteri-menteri KDN dan Human Resources mesti bertanggungjawab. Tolong jawab. Tuan-tuan yang dipertua, tuan yang dipertua, sistem memang berfungsi secara baik dan tak ada masalah. Saya saya cabar beruas. Lepas Dewan ini terus pergi ke Putrajaya. Kita sama-sama sebab. Malaysia boleh lah. Boleh. Malaysia Sekarang pun saya, saya sudi pergi. Saya, saya jemput beruas. Pergi ke Putrajaya selepas mesyuarat ni betul. Tengok betul ke tidak Jangan Ini pengalaman saya sendiri Baik. Tak berfungsi langsung Baik, Beras, terima kasih that was Baruas MP Datuk Ngeh Kuham and Minister of Human Resources Datuk Sri M. Saravanan Apparently on their way for a lawatan sambil belajar oh, 
Is it lawatan if one person is basically being dragged along know, by an not arm? not so much, right? Yeah, like, I think so. I need to think of the Malay word for being dragged along. <laughs> there is one, I'm sure. Um, but let us know. I mean, these frustrations are perhaps not unfamiliar. What has your experience been dealing with government online application systems? Have you had problems? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Moving on now, Libaran MP Datuk Zakaria Idris asked a question on the efforts the government was taking in eradicating online scams. The Deputy Minister of Home Affairs, Datuk Sri Dr Ismail Said, replied by saying that there has been collaboration with private sectors to tackle the issue and he added that a TikTok account had been set up to raise more awareness among the public about scams. So following that, Lemba Pantai MP Fami Fazil shared with the Day One a personal experience where his mother had fallen victim to one of these scams and had lost 75,000 ringgit. And he asked for a justification on why banks don't stop those transactions. Uh, he also raised the issue of catching mules instead of the masterminds behind the scam syndicates. Saya maklumkan pada March lalu, mak saya menjadi mangsa scam. Kehilangan 75,000 ringgit. 75,000 ringgit wang simpanan tabung haji dan beliau telah menghantar memorandum kepada Yang Berhormat uh, Menteri Undang-Undang ya, dan macam-macam lagi telah diusahakan isunya ialah kita tak tahu daripada angka yang disebutkan oleh Yang Berhormat uh, Menteri tadi uh, 25,891 dihadapkan pertuduhan berapa ramai di kalangan yang telah dituduh dan dihadapkan ke mahkamah ini adalah kepala skamer Kedua, macam mana dalam kes tabung haji itu, orang boleh tuju orang seperti mak saya yang tahu dia ada simpanan sedemikian banyak. RM75,000 dalam masa 15 minit hilang. Kenapa bank-bank juga tidak menghentikan transaksi seperti itu? Sebagai ahli parlimen, sekiranya saya mengeluarkan cek untuk katalah RM5,000, RM10,000, bank akan call saya, tanya. Kenapa dalam kes-kes seperti mak saya dan juga ramai lain 660 juta ringgit hilang akibat skam setiap tahun untuk 5 tahun kebelakangan ini Kenapa bank-bank juga tidak memberikan bantuan menghentikan uh, transaksi-transaksi ini daripada uh, diteruskan uh, Mohon dan, dan apakah tindakan untuk uh, menangkap mendakwa kepala-kepala skamer Jangan tangkap mule-mule mereka adalah orang bawahan Tangkap kepala-kepala skamer atau adakah mereka kebal sebab ada kabel Sila jawab all right, so that was Lemba Pantai MP Fami Fadzil. In response, the Deputy Minister said authorities would arrest anyone who was found guilty of scamming and that the government was collaborating with Bank Negara Malaysia to make amendments to several laws in order to address this matter. Kita ada kerjasama dengan Bank Negara sebab itulah beberapa perkara yang perlu kita cadangkan untuk membuat pindaan kepada undang-undang iaitu bagi Seksyen 116 Kanun Tata Jenayah yang memberi kuasa kepada pegawai penyiasat untuk membekuk akaun bank yang digunakan oleh aktiviti jenayah. Ini kita nak buat pindaan. Yang kedua, pindaannya dalam Seksyen 424 Kanun Kesiasaan yang memperuntukkan hukuman bagi kesalahan pemegang akaun bank itu sendiri membenarkan pihak ketiga menggunakan akaunnya dan menyebabkan pihak bank negara boleh mengambil tindakan. Itu kita akan lakukan apa tu pindaan kepada peruntukan undang-undang bagi membolehkan kita membuat siasatan dan membuat tuduhan kepada pihak yang bertanggungjawab. Terima kasih yang memat. 
that was Deputy Minister of Home Affairs, Datuk Sri Dr. Ismail Syed. He had also mentioned that if the public experiences um, getting suspicious calls, they can check with the Scam Response Centre at 03-2610-1599 or 2610-1559. Um, is this something you've experienced? I know I've certainly been getting an increase in these sorts of calls. Um, are you having more online, what seems to be scam calls you can call us, double seven double three two nine hundred. WhatsApp, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We are now in the home stretch because up next, uh, Kota Samarahan MP Datuk Rubia Wang wanted the government to clarify the latest threat of the new COVID-19 variant and what they're doing to tackle it. And the Minister of Health, Kairi Jamaluddin, said that increased cases have been caused by the new variant called BA5, which is a sub-lineage variant under Omicron. So he explained that two of the main characteristics of the BA5 variant was that it had a higher infection rate compared to the other Omicron subvariants and that it had a higher resistance to antibodies produced by vaccines. So he explained that this can cause a reinfection. He then went on to say that the ministry will be taking proactive measures to face this, uh, including reactivating the National Rapid Response Task Force, expanding the use of oral antiviral drug Paxlovid and also allowing booster shots for those aged 50 to 59 years old without any comorbidities. KKM telah mempersiapkan beberapa langkah proaktif sebagaimana berikut. Pertama, mengaktifkan semula National COVID-19 Rapid Response Task Force sekiranya peningkatan kes COVID-19 mencapai nilai ambang yang telah dikenal pasti. Pasukan task force ini ditubuhkan bagi mengelakkan krisis apabila sistem kesihatan di Malaysia semakin dibebani dengan lambakan kes COVID-19. Yang kedua, memperkenalkan penggunaan ubat antiviral Paxlovid ke dalam COVID-19 clinical care pathway sejak 15 April dalam kalangan pesakit yang menerima rawatan di klinik kesihatan, CAC, PKRC dan hospital KKM. Ubat ini merupakan ubat antiviral oral pertama di Malaysia untuk merawat pesakit COVID-19 yang mengalami gejala ringan hingga sederhana ataupun kategori 2 dan 3. Keutamaan pemberian rawatan Paxlovid adalah kepada kumpulan pesakit COVID-19 yang berisiko tinggi. Seterusnya, bagi memastikan akses yang lebih baik kepada pesakit, rawatan ini telah diperluaskan ke fasiliti kesihatan swasta yang dikenal pasti bermula 20 Jun. Pemberian ubat ini kepada pesakit fasiliti kesihatan swasta adalah secara percuma Namun pesakit masih tertakluk kepada charge khidmat rundingan dan lain-lain charge berkaitan yang ditentukan oleh fasiliti kesihatan swasta. Yang ketiga, meningkatkan peratusan individu yang layak menerima vaksin dos penggalak bagi mengurangkan penularan jangkitan tetapi yang lebih penting bagi mengurangkan jangkitan serius serta kematian. That was Minister of Health Kairi Jamaluddin. He added that people who are aged 50 to 59 without any chronic diseases and actually anyone below 50 years old who plans on travelling overseas can also receive their second booster shots. He also said that uh, he hopes people would still voluntary, voluntarily wear masks without any form of enforcement, but that the government may consider tightening SOPs if cases continue to rise. 
And that's all we have for today's Pope Pope Parliament. Some of the topics that were covered includes Indonesia's decision to impose a temporary freeze on workers entering Malaysia. They also talked about the status of our railway projects. Online scams came up. And finally, a government online system in relation to foreign worker applications generating much controversy and uh, altercation, I would say. Keep those thoughts coming on any of those issues. You can call 77332900, WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. We'll be back after this for your messages, so keep it here, BFM 89.9. Break from monotony, BFM 89.9. It's 5.27, you're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn, and we've been talking about uh, today's Day One Rakyat um, in Popio Popio Parliament. Uh, a couple of interesting things that came up, um, there was discussion about how to improve our public transportation system. Uh, there was also conversation on online scams and scam calls. Um, and so we've been asking you for your thoughts on those. Keep them coming. We do have some messages. Let's start with Anonymous who says, if Malaysia had an efficient and affordable public transport system, just like Singapore, I wouldn't even consider owning a car. I think this is a sentiment that many people share. Absolutely. I mean, the weather is one thing la, for mm. sure. But having been to places like Singapore, where we, we know they share very similar weather, um, the fact that they actually think about temperature control, um, covered walkways, underground pathways makes a huge difference. Efficient is also very important because I need to know how long I'll be waiting. Yes, for sure. Um, being able to plan your trip um, using even just a, a Google map uh, would be so much more helpful. Um, on the subject of scams, we have uh, Peter saying, scamming's been so bad that any call that sounds even remotely official, I think instantly that it's a scam call. That sounds like me. I had an argument with my actual bank person just a couple of weeks ago. I avoid picking up phone calls. And, and that's a problem because, of course, um, delivery people, yeah. you know, there are lots of reasons why somebody might call you from an unknown number. But yeah, I mean, the, the threat of picking up and being told, hey, you've been to Kedah in the last few days, right? Because you've had a car accident there. It's just so great. Keep those thoughts coming. Um, what needs to happen to convince you to take public transport? Or have you been experiencing an uptick in scam calls? You can call 77332900, WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my, bfm89.9, the business station.